Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Living room. Logic. Welcome back to season three of Living Room Logic. We're having the first episode of the new season and we are trying to make a trend that we're going to do the first episode on the coolest thing happening right now in space, astronomy, cosmology, because we all like staying up late and looking at the stars and thinking, hey, I wonder if there's other dudes procrastinating (laughs) around those stars on those planets imagining cool stuff. And one (laughs) of the best ways that we really appreciate how cool everything is going on around us. And when we're looking at the stars, we're like, I want to see it clearer. So I'm going to get some binoculars. I'm going to do this with my hands. I'm going to make fake binoculars and see it clearer. (laughs) Then some fella called Galileo was like, lad, let's not. And he made a telescope and he was the first man Mm. to see Jupiter. And around Jupiter, looking through his little dodgy new lens telescope, he saw moons around around Jupiter. And that was awesome. And what most of us grew up with was the Hubble telescope. And the Hubble telescope is, I guarantee you, 90% of the coolest images you have ever seen uh, of galaxies, of stars, of new stars being born. Everything like that came from the Hubble telescope, which is the one that's circling around the planet Mm -hmm. right now. However, that was before the year 2000. Hubble is is an old lady and she needs to be Mm -hmm. retired because we have new good technology. However, it's 2021. So we expect the next telescope to be class. And the next telescope is going to be class and it's called the James Webb Telescope. Okay. And it is going to change the world. However, we started planning for it in 1996. What? And what? What? Yeah. (laughs) I know, I know bureaucracy slows stuff down, Aiden, but... 1996 to now, that's that's a lot of people's lifetimes that listen to this, you know, just to get a telescope up. Andrew tasked me with looking at why the hell it took so goddamn long to get this telescope ready. And actually, <laughs> as of, I'm pretty sure, last Friday, and we're in the end of November right now, um, there was yet another delay in the telescope. So uh, it's it's now being pushed again. But let's go way back, way back, way back. It was actually like right before they were about to launch the Hubble telescope that they were already thinking about its successor. And the thing about the Hubble telescope Mm. is that it... So for the first thing, it's got a much smaller mirror than what they decided for this new one. But... Its main purpose was to look at things in the visible spectrum of light. um, Things that we can see with the naked human eye. um, And a little bit into what is called the infrared uh, spectrum of light. um, Which is slightly um, longer wavelength. Um, And that's actually, we can actually perceive that as heat. 
So that's all heat is, um, is infrared energy. And that's really cool. We can't see it, but we can feel it mm. with our with our skin, which is kind of weird. Um, <laughs> but we want to actually be able to visualize it. And that's kind of cool because this is what this James Webb telescope is being designed for. So they started with like, right, we're going to make this huge, big ass telescope. Yeah, they did. Because you need a massive mirror to focus down this infrared energy. Uh, it's a lot more difficult than visible light. So that was the first major hurdle. And they actually started pre- preliminary designs like literally 1997, 1998. And it it, it took them like, <laughs> like you know, eight, eight, nine years just to get into like detailed design phase mm-hmm. because every single thing that they needed what didn't exist yet. The telescope needed to be huge, so they didn't know how to do that. <laughs> it needed to be super sophisticated. This These infrared sensors had never been made before. Mm. They had never been made to that scale. And so they're probably the hardest job was actually making those sensors. What they came up with was huge 18 meter, um, sorry, six meter uh, mirror with 18 different hexagonal panels that are gold plated. So they, they're really good at um, mirroring yeah. uh, infrared. And then it hits w- another mirror, and then another mirror, and then another mirror, and then goes into the sensor. The thing's huge, what they ended up coming up with. But then, you know, over those those first kind of uh, six, seven, eight years, the contractor changed, and NASA went into this phase called Faster, Better, Cheaper, or at least that's what it's unofficially known as. And they wanted to try and make things on, on much lower budgets. Um, so the budget started at about $550 million um, from the US mm. government. Uh, that's equivalent today of about $850 million. That was completely blown out of the water within the first, uh, I'd say, you know, that, that preliminary design stage. So they hadn't even <laughs> actually made the proper designs yet. And they had already blown the first, the, the whole budget. And, um, on the blueprints. <laughs> on the bl- oh no, on the blueprints of the blueprints. Oh, God. You're, you're talking super preliminary. So then we move into <laughs> that that detailed design phase, and oh, and Lord. what happened was right around this time there were actually a lot of failures. The Hubble telescope, when it was first launched, actually had a fatal flaw. There was a design fault in the Hubble telescope. No. And that was because they didn't do a couple tests that they could have if they had a higher budget and if they put more time and effort into it. So they decided, we're not going to make that mistake again. We're going to make this exceptionally bureaucratic. And we're going to go through every every single which test yeah. or assessment or quality assurance thing we can. So from 2003 to about 2009... That's what they did. They just Mm. did tests, design tests. And finally, in 2008, 2009, they started building the damn thing. They had already spent, gone over budget by... (laughs) That is crazy. I don't know. You're talking, maybe they're already at about $5.5 billion. Wow. um, At at this point. (laughs) So this design phase was just so difficult because everything that was in the goddamn telescope didn't exist yet. And they didn't realize just how difficult it would be. Uh, uh, One of those hurdles that they came up with, other than the mirror, the mirror is ingenious, but 
um, there's this thing underneath the mirror and it's called a heat shield mm. and it's the size of a tennis court <laughs> wow and it's basically what they came up with were, were these like unraveling aluminium Kapton foil that unfurls over like a month and there's five of those in five wow. layers of those and on one side of the telescope that would allow the sun's all the sun's energy to be absorbed so it'll be about 100 degrees celsius on that side and then on the mirror side it's minus wow. 220 degrees celsius that's outrageous so that and the reason it needs to be that damn cold is because it needs to be that cold to make the measurements of infrared you can't make infrared measurements from the earth mm-hmm. because the earth emits infrared radiation it emits heat so anything you try and do, you cool. wouldn't be able to do it. So it's really, really cool. In about uh, 2011, the US government tried to cut, like they just tried to stop it. They put in a, a vote and the vote wow. went past. It went through the Senate. And then every single astronomical society in the world begged them to keep it going. Then they decided they would. And from then to now, they have been preparing for a launch in French Guyana, which is about to happen today. So another 10 years happened. And, you know, testing every single piece in acoustic Mm -hmm. chambers. So that's when the rocket gets really loud. They need to make sure that the pieces don't fall apart. They put them in seismic chambers. So they mimic earthquakes, which is so cool, by the way. But they put the whole thing together and Mm -hmm. just shake it. Violently, you know, <laughs> it's really it's crazy. cool test. Kind of a kind of irrelevant for something floating in space. No, <laughs> like, uh, you yeah, know what well, I mean. <laughs> the the thing is, when it's going up in the rocket, you're you're hitting serious G's mm. and shake, yeah, no, that's fair. The shaking that's fair. that happens is enough to break something. So, in the end of everything, this telescope is. By far the most expensive telescope in the world's history. Um, you're talking a budget of about eight and a half billion dollars. Hmm. I actually think it's more now. Um, yeah, so they've gone over eight and a half. And I think it's closer to ten now. Yeah, it's really going up to hmm. nine or ten. And uh, I think it was like it was actually in a, like 2010 that a pay, a news article came out in Nature, which is a really um, popular natural science uh, journal for scientific literature. And mm-hmm. the title of the paper was The Telescope That Ate Astronomy. And <laughs> it, they just went on and on about, is this worth it? Mm. And because the fact is they should basically show this really interesting graph in that in that. A news article that uh, over time that the James Webb budget took up nearly half of the astronomy astrophysics budget of NASA by the end of it. So wow. I think that people are going to be really happy to just get this thing off. Mm. Yeah, such a story. Like It is a great story and uh, no pressure on the telescope to deliver because not only has NASA and ESA, the European Space Agency, has put money in it too. Not only have they put so much yeah. money in it and so much man hours and so much of this and everything, it's also the whole world is kind of holding its breath because of what it promises. 
because like mm-hmm. you were saying there, the, the Hubble Space Telescope was brilliant. And we got some of the most beautiful images we could ever see. And like these things that looked like pieces of art pulled out of the Renaissance, you know, like like the dust clouds in space. Like there's so many famous pictures of nebulae and the columns of God and the, the pillars of God, mm-hmm. I should say, and all of these different things. Yeah. But you know what's mm-hmm. constant in them? But clouds and dust and there's so many th- fragments that distort the image that we can't see through on the visual on the visible spectrum. Yeah. But but this is exactly what the James Webb mm. telescope promises to get rid of. It promises to get rid of the cloudiness and the dust and the lack of resolution that you're getting. But the coolest mm. thing, the coolest thing. Okay, we need we need to talk a little physics here. Aiden talked about infrared. He talked about near infrared and how the Hubble Sp- te- Space Telescope, you know, it, it was a, it went a little near infrared and then visible, a little <laughs> bit like that. But this telescope, it got that infrared vision, right? It got that infrared vision. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you've ever heard a ab- ambulance coming at you and driving away from you, okay? If you've ever heard that, you've heard something called mm. the Doppler effect. And that's when something is far away from you. And it gets as it gets closer, it goes from a low note to a high note, and then as it goes away, it goes from a high note to a low note. So it goes to a low note. Yeah, so it goes up yeah, and yeah, then yeah. down. But light does the same thing. So what it does is when it's moving away from you, it shifts red. So it shifts red and moves into the red spectrum and the eventually infrared. If you go past red, you go into the infrared. Now Okay, so just keep that in your head. Keep that in your head because this is super cool. Mm. We've talked about like dark energy before and stuff like that and how the universe is expanding and it's getting faster and stuff like that. Okay, given that the universe is expanding, everything is going away from us. So every single thing in the universe is getting pushed into the infrared. Everything. So you can look, if you look out into the, deepest part of space you're looking back in time we've heard that before mm-hmm. but if you're only looking on the visual spectrum there's a lot of things that have been gone so far and so fast that they're getting pushed into the infrared and that's what i love mm-hmm. about this because the promise of the james webb, te- webb telescope is that it will be able to look so far and so far back that it will be able to look at the birth of galaxies and the birth of black holes and the birth of stars and distant nebulae. And we'd be able to look at what's what's being called the dark ages of the universe, because this was so, so long cool. ago and so pushed back by dark energy and accelerated away from us that it has shifted out of the visible spectrum and into the infrared. And the moment the James Webb telescope goes up, mm-hmm. it, if it points into a direction empty enough it will be able to see further than we have ever seen before and that absolutely blows my mind (laughs) it is insane (laughs) it is insane and like that's the so like i get that nature paper and like nature is like the most prestigious journal in the world and that nature paper that it's pretty much saying They've put all their eggs in one basket. 
and they're in so deep Mm -hmm. that they're hedging their bets and making sure that they're testing everything because this thing can't fail. If this thing fails, it will be the worst thing to happen to science Mm -hmm. in forever. It is... But because of the promise it brings to be able to look back and open up an entirely new side of astronomy and cosmology is just so beautiful. Like, it's so elegant. It's so good. It Mm -hmm. it just, oh, it's, it's the kind of stuff that I can't wait to just see pictures come out and visualizations of this stuff because this telescope can see well. So they they did a, a measure of like how mag what the magnification is. So you know you might get your house telescope or something like that that might have like a times forty magnification or whatever, and you might look at the moon and see the craters. The James yeah. Webb Telescope can see in so much detail that it could be forty kilometers away from a euro and tell you the year on the coin. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> That is insane How resolution. It's so crazy. Like, like we, I can't. You can't even like. Oh my God. You can't even imagine that that kind of detail. But it has that detail. It's able to take images in the visible spectrum and the infrared, and it's going to be amazing to see what comes out of it. And it's not just looking into the distant past. We're going to get a clear look at the spectra of distant worlds and be able to look at planets oh. and the potential they have for life. Because a lot of the way... Because we, we talked mm-hmm. about this before, about the way that we look for life on other planets. And it's like, you wait until the planet moves in front of its star. The star shines light through its atmosphere. And based on how that light bounces around, we can tell if there's water, we can tell if there's this or that in the atmosphere. And if there's enough, we're like, hey, that's a promising sign. That's a planet of interest. Mm. Mm-hmm. We can't do it from Earth. Not well, because we have our atmosphere that messes everything up. And we look at everything yeah. and we're like, gosh, there's a lot of water in the universe. That's mad. Look at all that oxygen and all that water <laughs> that these uh, so strange. Yeah, that's that's, our, know, that's like, our oxygen and nitrogen. Yeah. Oh, so like the James Webb telescope will be able to get rid of that and it'll be able to see in more detail than ever before. And it'll be able to even like measure like potential surface temperatures on these exoplanets and be able to mm-hmm. take measures of like if it's potential and this is the kind of cool stuff because astronomy has kind of gone a little dull and it's highly likely that it's because of this. It's because they put so much money into this telescope and that's money that could have gotten humans to Mars. It is. It, it's the same budget. It's money that could have gotten humans to Mars. We could have gone to the moon. We could have done all these amazing things, but instead we're banking on a telescope named James. <laughs> And we're hoping, we're hoping that the $10 billion James lives up to the Mm. stuff. Because if it bombs, oh Lord, but if it works, oh Lord, like if it works, we'll do a whole series probably on the stuff that it comes up with, because it will be just magnificent science. I think it's kind of cool as well. Like, it's funny that you say the whole James, $10 billion James. I was actually reading something as well that I couldn't believe at the start. Hubble 
is close enough. It's actually in low Earth orbit. It's only about 600 kilometers um, away from Earth. And so we've actually, like, gone over to Hubble physically and installed new things and updated its computers yeah. and updated everything and kept it going. Yeah. And it's been going for 31 goddamn years. It was supposed to go for five. Yeah. So amazing, right? Hubble cost several billion um, over those four different missions. Mm-hmm. Um, if not similar in value to what the James Webb is costing. So it's like, I think really what the issue was, was that they just... They sold it so low at the start. They should have just kind of come out a little bit more honest and be like, hey, this is going to cost $5 billion. Yeah. You know, but it was just in a time that was faster, better, cheaper. Yeah. Can we do, can we try and get it yeah. done for less? And the answer is no. Because, <laughs> because it's, it's the rarest thing. There is no, nothing like it in the whole universe. For sure. So... No one else has ever been able to work on something like it. No one has ever made the exact same yeah. things. It's just a total feat of human accomplishment. It's brilliant. <laughs> you can't put a you can't put a five hundred million dollar price tag yeah. on that. So I think that was the issue, yeah. and it, it probably was. But I'm kind of at that point now where I don't care about the politics. I don't care about the budget. I just. I want to see the liftoff. I want to see it get into space and I want to see NASA connect because the second it does, I know my mind is going to be blown massively. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That is just so cool. And within six, within six months, we'll get images looking forward to summer next year. If they send it off in December, Mm -hmm. Uh, it will be summer of 2022. And it will be yeah. some of the most life-changing images of things we have never seen before. Yeah. Things that are too far away for us to have ever seen before. And an absolutely welcome distraction. Like, Jesus. Like, <laughs> I think we're, we're all so sick of listening to... I, I feel like the last two years of science talk has been so miserable and like oh yeah this this covid something this uh hospital something it's like oh you know Mm -hmm. we want to escape back to the meta science the science outside of us the science that we just go wow and and i feel like Mm -hmm. this is a step in that direction and we are seeing steps in that direction in recent years and i'm absolutely buzzed i hope this episode comes out when it's launched and if it didn't work out this episode is not going out and if you're listening to it (laughs) and if you're listening to it that's a good sign okay because i can't take this (laughs) just please do it right get in get it in the goddamn place it's supposed to be absolutely all right guys it's been so interesting talking about the potential of the James Webb telescope I am I'm so excited I I am genuinely so 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 excited it's been great for you to listen follow us on Spotify Apple Podcasts drop a review we're active on Instagram and TikTok so you can find us there too Mm -hmm. and live and let live let's see those pictures all right best of luck to you this is the end of the podcast 
We hope you enjoyed your time. If you're feeling generous and you're not completely skinned, why don't you give us some of your money? Join our Patreon. Join our Patreon. Join our Patreon. Join our Patreon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 